0: Hello, and welcome to Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church's Faith Lab podcast. As we continue to walk with Jesus through the gospel of Mark, we have come upon um, a turning point in our story as we get closer and closer to Holy Week and the celebration of the resurrection around Easter. This morning, we will find Jesus with um, those who he considered his closest friends and his chosen family. In the town of Bethany, uh, this is the the week before he enters Jerusalem, and Bethany is about two miles away from the heart of Jerusalem. The story that we'll hear uh, should give you pause to think about um, who's closest to you and how do you remain faithful to them, both in your personal life, in your faith life, and um, in our community uh, around wherever it is that you are. So welcome, we're glad you're here, and let's listen to the text. It'll be chapter 14, um, the first 14 verses or so.
1: Let's hear what God's saying to us. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the festival, Or there might be a riot among the people. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table. A woman came with an alabaster jar, a very costly ointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For the ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you and you can show kindness to them whenever you want. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and they promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. Oh, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.
0: Margot, uh, before we talk about this woman of faith and even Judas and comparison, we should remember that Mark is calling us to consider that the folks that are after Jesus in this part of the story um, are the religious officials, the most faithful uh, the most studied, the most devoted to to what it means to be a person of faith, uh, like they're church folk, and four times now they have plotted to to get Jesus in a quiet way because they know these two huge religious festivals are going to descend upon Jerusalem and they don't want it to cause a big stink. So they're trying to get Jesus on the side in a really quiet way. And finally, after four times, it seems like they have found somebody that's super close to Jesus and can really help them do that. And that's where, that's the moment we've come upon right now is this comparison between Judas um, somebody that loved Jesus and had been following him for years, and a woman that's unnamed um, that, in contrast, shows this abundant and gracious faith, act of faithfulness.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed between all the different people who are, are part of this story, um, it seems almost like like what what's behind the decisions that they're making and it almost seems like a like a preservation of self in some way so whether good or bad so the scribes and the authorities we have to assume it's their power that they're trying to protect um in terms of relationships for the disciples when they're um you know condemning the woman for anointing jesus it's was it the cost of the nard was it a money what is it you know A money issue, and then the woman, her preservation of self, was found in knowing that it was the Messiah. That she knew that this was Christ, Um, and so then we just sit and wonder, you know, why? Why was did Judas make the decision that he made?
3: I think um, I think you're right, Ashley. Uh, This this passage shows um, the preciousness of our lord and the fact that Jesus says, you know, um you're not going to have me for very much longer. Um this just builds as we <clears throat> again walk to the cross and I'm often reminded um seeing what uh the woman did um and just the preciousness of the you know, the nard and the fact that um, she was willing to um, to to honor him in this way and to, um, you know, prepare him and, and she had knowledge and she understood the preciousness of our Lord.
0: Yeah. But we got to talk about betrayal y'all. I mean, (laughs) um, because you know, the ones who are closest to us, um, our, our colleagues, our friends, our family members, our, our, our loved ones, our spouses, uh, those are the ones who typically betray us the worst and the most. Those are the ones that, that, those are the ones we betray. And and there's something really intimate and painful when we think about that and and poor Judas in contrast, Nancy, to what you're lifting up about this woman who um, in the eyes of the religious authorities were betraying them she had no right to to break into that room and to break tradition and to use that expensive oil to anoint Jesus's feet, who they're trying to kill. So she's betraying the system. She's betraying the law. She's betraying the rules. And they're offended by that as much as we're offended by what Judas does. So what about betrayal? Uh, what's that about?
4: Hey, y'all. This is Lisa. Um, and, you know, Lori, you're right. This story, um, you know, everybody's experiencing betrayal of some sort, right? Uh, maybe even Jesus, right? He feels betrayed that he do not get it yet. I don't know that. I can't speak for Jesus. But um, one of the things I do love about this story is I, I think the woman and both Judas represent um the spectrum of humanity, right? I mean, sometimes we are the woman, and we know and we believe and we're all in and we're ready to sacrificially love um, our neighbors as ourselves and we're all in. Um, And other times we're Judas, We're, we're selling out. We're looking out for number one, what's best for me. Hey, I can cash in on this opportunity. Um, and you know, it's, we all betray others. So sometimes we are sacrificial uh, followers of Christ and other times we betray our faith, but we do this among ourselves as well. And, um, I do think Judas often gets a bad rap, but in reality we betray others and others betray us. Um, and sometimes that's really hard to, to reconcile um,
0: when i betray someone I, i'm typically scared and i don't trust them and i feel like they betrayed me first <laughs> so i ha- i justify my lack of faithfulness or my turning on something that they've already done to me
4: in a perceived way y- yes. you know yes or maybe it's about an insecurity i have or a feeling of inadequacy and, and maybe that betrayals a way to um, prevent others from seeing that or knowing it. Um, it's a protective measure.
3: Well, um, and in this case, I mean, Jesus knows this is going to happen. And yet he has to watch it unfold with his closest friends. And that would be really, you know, that's also crappy, even when you betray others to know that this is coming down the pike and he's going to watch it unfold right there in front of him his closest friends um yeah
1: yeah and i think in a way it's it's painful too because part of it is like they're kind of getting what i've been teaching right they they want all they want this money for this ointment to go to the poor but also They don't really get it. Like, it's gotta be frustrating that like, he's watching this woman get it, like, understand, like, this is what I'm going to do to this, this King, like to this man that I love. And these other people around are like, wait, but Jesus, like two weeks ago, I thought you were telling us to like feed the poor (laughs) and then they don't get it. And it's, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that kind of frustration and um. And the way that the money, kind of what Ashley was talking about, the way money is talked about in this text, right? Like, well, that oil could have been money for the poor. But then also, Judas, what you going to do with the money that you're given to betray Jesus? It's like they get it and they don't get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we don't know why Judas betrays Jesus. Like we don't know. I mean, we assume that he's going to build himself a beach condo, but really he could have been planning to do exactly what the the temple would have told him to do with it. He could have had religious intentions that, you know, well, let's save it for the rainy day fund. What if we need a new roof? What if, you know, we do need to spend it on the poor? Like we have no idea what his intentions were when he
3: betrayed Jesus. Well, and the religious leaders, I mean, they could have also been saying it in kind of a snarky way as well, because they did not want Jesus they didn't want his ways. They wanted to be honored for their knowledge. And they, I mean, <clears throat> you know, for all, us being able to understand it, they, they I don't know, they could have been jealous of Jesus or didn't want to follow this new way that he was presenting.
4: Yeah, this is Lisa. I, I think um, fear and control and power are, are rampant through this as well, and as part of the betrayal aspect. Um, but what do we do with that, right? I mean, we know what Jesus does with it, right? I mean, he forgives us all, right? He just knows who we are, and we're still beloved in Jesus's eyes, and, um, you know, he, he sends Judas on his way in all the gospels, and, um, and yet we know there's grace and forgiveness, That's not so easy for us when we've been betrayed and, um, you know, maybe it's also hard to accept others forgiveness when we betray them.
2: Well, and and speaking of forgiveness and grace, my head kind of goes towards the resurrection and the tomb. And it's, it's interesting that we have this woman who's almost taking on a, a priestly role in anointing Jesus and saying, I, I get it, like her declaration of, I get it. And then we also have this woman who shows up at the tomb with the spices um, and, you know, to to anoint for burial. And so I think those, those two being hand in hand.
0: Yeah, Ashley, um, the word Messiah means the anointed one. And it's not it's not lost on me that this woman is the first prophet we see. She she's the one that that gets it in this in this version of the story at least. And then hands off that role to another set of women at the empty tomb who are also showing up with oils and spices and nard. Lisa, what is what is this that we might want to ask or share with our listeners as we
4: go out into the world? Yeah, that's, that's great, Lori. Um, I, I think I would just challenge our listeners uh, over this week and these next few days to just sort of reflect on the spectrum of, of both of these characters, uh, the woman who is sacrificially loving and the man who betrays, and just think about how you've experienced or inflicted betrayal. Um, how you have experienced or given sacrificial love um, and where forgiveness lands in there and, and how you might deal with that.
3: Nancy, can you pray us out as we head out into our week? Absolutely. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, shaper and ruler of all creatures, we pray for your great mercy That you will guide us toward you, for we cannot find our way. You will guide us toward your will, the need of our soul, we cannot do it ourselves, and make us mindful of the needs of others. Lord, strengthen us against temptations, remove us from things that keep us apart from you. Teach us to do your will and to be mindful of those things during this Lenten season. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen.